A very good morning to all of you today. Today we are having a special day uh, because later in the day we are going to celebrate <clears throat> our candlelight service, which we have done you know, for many, many years. And even today, we are going to do it. The World Cup cannot stop us. Okay? So are you there? For sure. Okay, we thank God, you know. <clears throat> We are always reminded on days like this how important it is that we let our light shine. Because we have been brought out of darkness and we have been given the light of God. God sent his son to give us light in our darkness and put us into the light. And that is what needs to be seen around us. So today, let me... Let me uh, share with you a subject that I've <clears throat> entitled His Light Reveals the Treasures of Heaven. His Light Reveals the Treasures of Heaven. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so thankful that we have your word. Your word that brings enlightenment. Your word that shines into the darkness. Your word that makes things clear. Your word that reveals our future in you. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much today that we can be able to look into your word and that we can be able to understand your wonderful plans because of the light that you are letting shine into our darkness. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus, that you are the light of the world and that nothing whatsoever can disturb that light. To you be the glory and the honor. Amen. <clears throat> John chapter 8, verse 12. <clears throat> the Bible tells us here, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. A very short statement that Jesus gives to us here, and yet it's a very, very powerful uh, description of his mission, of what he has come to do in this world. He says, I am the light of the world. You know, whenever Jesus says, I am, <clears throat> he's not just describing himself. Actually, he's making a statement about the nature of God. You know, when Moses came to meet with uh, the Lord in the wilderness, uh, he, he met God in the burning bush. Of course, he could not see him. He could only see the light, the fire that was burning in the bush, but was not consuming the bush at the same time. <coughs> and Moses got the instruction by the Lord to go to Egypt and uh, give notice to Pharaoh that he would let the people of Israel go. And of course, Moses was wondering, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do the, tell the people of Israel to, to listen to me? Because of course, they knew him as somebody who is on the side of uh, Pharaoh's house. And uh, then God introduced himself. He says, I am who I am. And that means I am the one who is existing. 
the ever-existing one. I have been yesterday, I'm today, I'm forever. And every time when, when Jesus says, I am, then he is referring back to that statement that God himself gave to Moses, I am who I am. I'm not changing. I'm the God of love. And I've heard the cry of the people, and I'm going to set them free. <clears throat> and that is the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came into this world as the gift of the Father. He came to bring his love, his kindness, his goodness. He came to open prison doors and allow us to walk freely in the presence, into the presence of God and with him throughout our lifetime. So when Jesus says, I am, but the people who heard it at that particular day understood was much more than we commonly understand because nobody would just use that word, I am, except God himself, okay? That was like a no-go area for anybody else. And so God said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. And that's what we want to talk about today. You know, Jesus has brought us light. Of course, we know that in our world there's a lot of darkness. There are a lot of things that cannot be understood very easily, a lot of things that are still remaining in the dark places. But we know that there is the light of the world. And, you know, when we look at uh, the Word of God, we come to the conclusion that God has given us the revelation of the light of God so that we have understanding, that we gain insight in the things of God. And that's what we want to do today. Now, without light, there is no life. I think we all understand that. You know, there could be no harvest growing without the light shining on the planet Earth. And the, 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 the sunshine is there, you know, uh, every single day. Now, while we are getting maybe a portion of, uh, you know, a certain number of hours, 12 hours or so, uh, on this side of where we are on the globe, our friends on the other side of the globe, they get it when it is dark here. So actually, the, the sun is shining 24 hours a day. But then God gives us rest also, because we need rest as well. And that's why God made day and night, so that we have the light that is bringing life to everything in this world, but also that we can recuperate, that we can regenerate uh, the, the, the energy that we have expended during the day and rebuild in the night. Uh, I, I listened to an interview the other day, and uh, the, the gentleman who was speaking was speaking about the importance of sleep. And he, he talked about the many uh, mental uh, illnesses that we are seeing today in the lives of people. And uh, he said, I can summarize all of these problems in one, in one sentence. You know, we are living in a time when we are not going to bed at the time when we used to go, you know. Young people especially, you know, we are doing a lot of things on our phone, on our iPads, or whatever the, 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 we have, television, and we have less and less sleep. 
And uh, especially young people, <clears throat> they need to have their seven or eight hours sleep. And if they don't have that, then the brain cannot develop in the right way. And, and that's the reason why so many people are now living in anxieties, in problems, in fear, and they are developing suicidal tendencies because their brain is not able to take the pressure of everyday life because it's not developing the way it should. So sleep is important just as much as the daytime is important. So God in his wisdom has made both. And we need to <clears throat> take it out of the hand of God and thank him for both the lights as well as the nights. Now when we look into scripture, <clears throat> we find something very interesting. Okay, when God created the earth, okay, or let me say he created the heavens and the earth according to uh, Genesis chapter 1, and then in verse 2, we see something very interesting. You know, so God created everything. You know, the, the whole of the universe, everything that we can see, and even the things that we do not see. And then God said in the book of uh, Genesis, Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Now that's a very interesting statement, because when you read further in the book of Genesis, you find out that that was not the light of the sun. It was not the light of the moon. It was not the light of the stars that are out there uh, on the night sky. Because only later on did God bring this into alignment to the sun and uh, God created all of these things to rule the day and the night, okay? But at that particular time when God spoke, he spoke light into the world that was not physical but was spiritual, okay? And it became light, okay? It was the same light that came into this world when Jesus arrived on earth. Okay? Jesus came and he says, I'm the light of the world. Now, a lot of people may have just, you know, questioned him. How do you say you are the light of the world? You're just a human being like we are. You know? You're enjoying the day of the, of the sun, okay? Uh, the sunlight, and that's why there is daytime, but in the nighttime, you're also in the darkness. So how can you say I'm the light of the world? Now, we must understand that Jesus spoke of a spiritual dimension that only spiritual people can really fully understand. Okay, when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, then that is the truth. Okay? Just like God said, let there be light, and there was light. And this light that Jesus is talking about is much more important than every other light, including the sun. Okay, because the sun has got the limits. You know, scientists are calculating how long the sun is going to be around. Thankfully, it outlasts all of us. So it will be around much, much longer. In fact, millions of years. But anyway, that's not the issue. The issue is not about the sun or the earth or any other uh, thing that God has created. 
because the Bible tells us that, you know, he will create a new heaven and a new earth, or he will create a new heavens and a new earth. Okay, so what we see today is not always going to be around, but the light of the world is always here. It's always giving light to us in whatever situation we may be in us. So the sun is an illustration. Okay, when I say the sun, that means the S-U-N, okay? It's an illustration of the sun, the S-O-N of God. Okay, the sun of the living God. Now the sun shines 24 hours every day, every day. And of course the heat of the sun is, is, is immense. We know we can't even get close to it because we would burn up. And so we must understand that the light of, uh, of, of God is much more intense than we can ever imagine. In Psalm 97, the Bible uh, tells us in verse 1 and 2, or 1 to 4, the Lord reigns, let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Cloud and thick darkness surrounds him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world and the earth sees and trembles. Okay, there are some statements here which are, which are uh, required to be unpacked, you know. First of all, the Lord reigns. And the earth should be glad about the reign of God in this world. We, as children of God, we should be glad that Jesus is on the throne, that Jesus reigns. Now, the Bible says, cloud and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Why does God say that clouds and thick darkness surround him? You see, God has to hide from us. Because if he would not hide from us, you know, if he would be in plain sight, we would fall dead. We would not be able to survive it. Because the, life of, the light of God is so intense that we as human beings cannot stand it. Because we belong to a, a, a world that is, 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 is limited. You know, we are belonging to a world that is fallen. So we cannot be able to absorb the light that is uh, beyond uh, the natural. And, and the scripture says here that righteousness and justice are the foundation of his thrones. And that's what we have been speaking about this year. You know, God wants us to come into the righteousness of God, live in the righteousness of God, and God wants to shower his righteousness upon our lives. Because that's the foundation of everything, you know, of the rulership of Christ, the rulership of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. So he is over everything. And the Bible says here, his lightning up, or his lightning lights up the world, and the earth sees and trembles. I remember when I was a young boy, you know, we had uh, some years of very uh, fierce um, lightning strikes. In fact, in our neighborhoods, you know, in the uh, not too distant uh, places from us, some of the buildings were struck and burned to the ground. 
And you can imagine what this means to a, to a child. You know, when you see this lightning coming up, you, 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 you try to hide, but you can't hide from anywhere. Because this lightning is, you know, it's anywhere. It's so, it's so penetrating. And we all know that, you know, the lightning of God, you know, this, this lightning that comes uh, to unload when, when there is so much energy in the, in the, in the atmosphere, it, it, it can really make people afraid. And I remember <clears throat> certain, certain pictures are still coming to, the, to, to my mind when I speak about it, you know, how <clears throat> there were lightning strikes you know, some of them real, some of them really doing damage in, in, in certain places. Because the light that came through the lightning is so intense. Now, if you imagine that the light of the lightning is intense, how much more God? Okay? How much more the light of God? That is intensity to the upper limits. And, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, be in the lightning uh, for too long, because we, we, we always hope that it will come to an end. Now we are uh, still within the rainy season, and I'm sure we will see some lightning happening this time. And lightning can be frightening, okay? Because light has power. The energy in lightning, you know, could actually uh, end all the lot shedding that we have in, in, in our nation or even in, in Africa, because the, the voltage, the power in those lightning strikes is so immense, except we can't, we can't catch it. So you can see that the light of God has in immense energy. And this is just, you know, these are just illustrations that God speaks about. Because God is the one who has made all things. Even the, the fact that there is lightning is a result of God's creation. You know, is a result of what God has made and how he has made it. And so God tells us in his word, his lightning lights up the world, and the earth sees and trembles. And I'm sure all of us, we have our own experiences with lightning. So I'm not trying to make you afraid. I'm just trying to tell you, you know, if lightning is, is a fearful thing to experience, especially when it strikes next to you, then you must understand how the light of God will be able to touch our lives, and it really can put us into great fear. You know, that's why the Bible says that the beginning of the wisdom is that we fear the Lord, okay? Because God is amazing, he's great in every way. Now, light brings forth life that would otherwise never appear, okay? We, if the sun would not shine anymore, very soon life would come to an end on, earth, on, on, the, on the earth, okay? <clears throat> if you go out and you sow your seed into the ground and the sun stops shining, whatever you sow in, your, in the ground will never, go into, will never be able to grow. So the light brings life, okay? And this is exactly what the Bible tells us very clearly. You know, John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word. Okay, and we must understand that the word is the light, okay? And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. 
In him was life, and that life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Sadly, even today there are many people who see the light, who enjoy the light, who get the, their harvest from the light, you know, who are enjoying all the good things that the light is bringing, but they're not recognizing the true light of God. Because there is natural light, but there is also spiritual light. And when God said, let there be light, it was not natural light only. Yes, it could have been there also, but it was actually spiritual light because it didn't come from the sun. It came from the word of the Lord. Let there be light. And there was light. And the word of God is giving us enlightenment, is giving us clarity, is giving us understanding, is giving us insight. So certain things we can never know, you know, certain insight we can never have unless we walk in the light. Have you noticed that a lot of people sometimes become very anxious, very much afraid? You know, they, they wonder what is going to happen tomorrow. I remember uh, when we came back from <clears throat> Germany in the, in, the, uh, in the beginning of the uh, COVID crisis, <clears throat> we walked through the airport, which was virtually empty. I mean, there were just a handful of people here and there. And uh, we came to the, to the uh, passport check, and uh, the, 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 the guys who were uh, on, the, on the passport check, they looked at us, and normally, you know, they just look at the passport and they let you go. They don't even ask questions. So they, they looked at us, and they said, where are you going this time? And you could see they were, they were fearful, they were afraid. And we said, we are going home. They said, where is home? And we told them, it's uh, in Lusaka, Zambia. Uh, and I said, oh, but are, are you not afraid? You know, COVID is everywhere now. And he says, we are not afraid, we are in the hands of God. Okay. And you know, this is when God gave me a, a, a word to speak hope into the hearts of the people. To, to speak against the fear that so easily settles in the mind of the people. So when we walk in the light, and that's what Jesus is asking us to do. Okay, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Praise God. So when we walk in the light of God, then we have the light of life. So in other words, we, are, we, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to fear. And, and you know, uh, not too long ago, a few months ago, I read a, a, a sentence of, of, uh, in one of the books I have. And the gentleman said, you know, find a, find a time. You know, maybe two times or three times in a day. We'll just pause for a moment and give God thanks for whatever he's going to do in your life or whatever he's doing in your life. And if it's not, if you don't see anything, thank him that he's there. Thank him that he is not leaving you alone. And, and you know, it was some, somehow it was a revelation to me. Okay? Now, of course, we, we, we want to give thanks to God at every moment, but then, of course, often we don't do it. And so I, I try to keep that, uh, 
the challenge on my, my life. Okay, and I give thanks to God even when I have nothing to thank for. Okay, even when things look very bleak, I thank God that things will not always look bleak. Okay, and for sure, God opened new doors. God opened avenues that we did not know, did we, we did not see. So we should not look at the circumstances because the circumstances, they change very rapidly. They change very fast. But God never changes. Amen? So let's learn to give God thanks, to give God praise, because he never changes. When we walk in the light, we'll be able to see him in his light, doing wonderful and great things for each and every one of us. Now let me read a story which is, you know, commonly known as a Christmas story, even so it's not Christmas today. But in, in the Bible, every story is a Christmas story, and every story can be read at any one time. Amen? So Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. Now let me go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8, rather. Okay? Matthew comes later. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Okay, shepherds have to work at night because at night there is great danger because, you know, the animals, uh, the ferocious animals may come in the night and take the sheep away. So they, keep, they kept watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Okay, so the glory of God was now not only shining around the angel, but around all the, uh, all the, the shepherds that were uh, there in the night. And they were terrified. Okay, so you can see sometimes light cannot give you joy, but sometimes it can terrify you. And very often it happens that way. You know, when God really reveals his truth, his power, it can be terrifying. And so these people were terrified because they didn't really know what it means. That was an experience they have never, ever had. They could not relate to this situation, uh, not in a moment. But praise God, it was nothing to be terrified about. Okay, and the Bible says here, but the angel of the Lord said to, to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Now, you may wonder, why did God choose some shepherds who were out in the fields at night? Were they so important that God would choose them to reveal what he had to reveal to the world first? Okay, interestingly, you know, God chooses that which is not considered in the eyes of the world. That's why there's a good chance for all of us. Okay? So God said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. So in other words, what, what the angel did, he was uncovering secrets by the light that he brought. And the light was not just the glory that was shining around them, but the light came from the words that the angel spoke. Okay? I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, thank God. It's not for only a few selected ones, but it's for all of us. 
And then he said, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, and suddenly a, a, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to the man on whom his favor rests. This is a powerful word. Okay, so God is coming to visit ordinary people. And he still does that even today. You know, no matter who you are, God can come to visit you. God can appear to you and it might be frightening to you what is happening. But you know, God wants to reveal himself in ways that we cannot think about, that we can never, you know, dream about. And so the angel begins to, you know, unveil the coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So imagine these were the first people who were giving, given notice that the Savior had come. And, and the Bible tells us, you know, that God is doing nothing unless he will tell also his servants about it. So why God chose the, the shepherds, I have no idea. But it's a wonderful reality that God wants to reveal his truth to each and every single one of us. And he still does that even today. Whenever the word of God comes through, you know, you may hear him say things that you have never seen, that you have never read, that you have never imagined. Because God's word is a living word. And it brings light into situations that we face in life. So the glory of God was brought by the presence of the angel. And then, of course, he was surrounded by the host of angels that were beginning to sing glory to the Lord at that particular place. Can you imagine that this place, which was normally a quiet place, you know, maybe even a dangerous place, became a place of worship because of the light, the glory, the promises of God. So ordinary people are always people who are in the forefront when God reveals his hidden treasures. Okay, and the hidden treasure that is revealed here by the angel is Christ, in whom all the treasures, all the wisdom, all the knowledge of God dwells in bodily form. Wow. So the world would never be able to know about these things unless we would not have the revelation from above. And of course, the world of these, of these shepherds was never the same again. You would you would not be able to forget some experience like that. And I can, I can tell you, these shepherds, they remember this for the rest of their life. So they were surrounded by the glory of God. They received the good news for all people. And, you know, they became a first fruits of God. Because before God revealed it to anybody else, he revealed it to these people. So they were like a first fruit. That's why first fruit is very important. We'll talk about first fruit another time again. And the company of the heavenly host was backed, you know, 
backed up the angel with more glory. And they declare that the peacemaker, okay, will come to the people on whom his favor rests. So in other words, when we come into a relationship with Jesus, then we receive peace. He is the peacemaker. And only when he lives in our lives can we also be peacemakers. We cannot be peacemakers if we have not Christ, if we are not living in the light of God. Only people who can live in God's light can be makers, can be bringing, able to bring peace. And that's what the Bible later on, I mean, Jesus later on challenges us that we should be peacemakers. Because we have received the peace of God, and the peace of God is Christ. Praise God. So understand that just like in those days when God revealed his lights, his glory, but also his revelation that came from the word to these shepherds, it brought transformation into their lives. And they rushed to go to Bethlehem to see what the angel was uh, promising, what he had talked about. And they found everything exactly the way he described it. As I said, this changed their lives. And my prayer is, you know, that we are not just becoming Christians, you know, in a mediocre sense, okay, I also believe in Christ, but we should be Christians like these shepherds who have had the light of God, who had a revelation of God, who could see the Christ and, you know, were surrounded by the light of God that gave them energy. You know, they left everything behind. The sheep, they were now left on their own and they believed that God could take care of them and they rushed to see the child, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And they found everything that the angel said had come to pass, the light of God. So we must understand God wants to give us light in our own lives. In fact, we need to live by the light. Jesus said, when you follow the light, when you follow him, you shall never walk in darkness. And there's too much darkness in our, our world today. We all understand that. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, arise, shine, for the light has come. Your light has come. Amen? And the glory of the Lord is upon you. And this is not just true when we are coming towards Christmas. This is true every single day. Okay? For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. You know, this sounds like a contradiction. You know, on one hand, there is deep darkness. As is described here in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 60. Okay? Deep darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. <clears throat> and if you're looking around in, in our world today with all the, the conflicts of our world, you know, with all the, the terrible things that are happening in our world, with war and people dying on a daily basis, you can say there is darkness in our world. 
There's darkness over people. There are some people who are completely surrounded by darkness. They cannot see anything except their own selfishness and their own wickedness in which they walk every single day. But God says, arise, your light has come. And both realities are true, okay? Darkness is a reality in our world today. There's no question about it. But praise God for us, there is a greater reality, and the greater reality is the light of God. It's Christ who has come into the darkness, who has come to reveal himself to all of us. Now let me read another scripture, the one in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible tells us about some wise men, wise men from the east. Okay, I know there's always some choking around. They must be coming from Chipata. Uh, but uh, when you take uh, Bethlehem, go to the east, there's no Chipata there. Okay. So we don't know exactly where they came from. They came from another country. We don't know this country. We don't know how these people knew God, how these people were able to understand what God was doing at a particular time. And yet, God gave them a revelation. You know, God gave them light that made them move. And to me, these are, these are amazing people. And of course, some people think they were three people. Actually, that is not written in the Bible. This is just a tradition, you know. They were wise men from the East. We don't know how many. They could have been 10, they could have been 20, they could have been 50. We don't know. They could have been three, yes. But the Bible doesn't say so. Okay, next time you are seeing that, uh, you know, that depiction of three wise men from the East, you should understand this is just what we human beings put into the Bible. It's not there. Okay, and so very often this is what we do as human beings. You know, we make stories around that are not... Uh, supported by the actual word of God. So the Bible tells us that these men, they saw, well, they had, a, they had a dream, they had a revelation. You know, I don't know how to describe it, uh, where God showed them the newborn king. Okay, not the king of their country, otherwise they would not have left their country. But the king that was a king of kings. A king that was greater than any you know, any ruler of one particular jurisdiction in the earth. And they began to obey the words that God gave them or the dream that God gave them. They, they began to follow the star, and you know, a star is light, isn't it? So they got a particular light or enlightenment, and they began to follow the star. And they came all the way from the east, wherever that has been. You know, it could have been from China, it could have been from uh, Malaysia, it could have been from uh, India, it could have been from anywhere there. You understand? Wherever it was, they came. Can you imagine the journey they took upon themselves because they had seen the light? My question to you, when you see the light, are you willing to move? Are you willing to take a journey? Are you willing to do what God is calling you to do? Very often we see the light, we hear the light, you know, we hear the word of God, but we are not moving. And that is, that is uh, the same like not believing. Okay? Believing means you have to act upon his words. Okay, so they came to Jerusalem, 
And of course, they were thinking, if we are now in Jerusalem, which is the capital city, and they realized that is where you know, the king is supposed to be born somewhere nearby, they thought it was a good idea to ask the king, because he should have been aware of where the newborn king is supposed to be found. Okay? All the way from where they came, they followed the star. But when they came to this uh, place, Jerusalem, the capital city of, of Israel, they thought, let's ask the king. And the king also didn't know. He was ignorant. So he called his wise men and they pointed him to Bethlehem. You know, the, the Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. It is written in the Bible. You know, it was a prophecy from many, many hundreds of years ago. And they knew it. And so to told these, these, these people, oh, it's Bethlehem. Now, they didn't know where Bethlehem was. And the Bible tells us in verse 9, Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, when they had heard the king, they went on their way. You know, the king was giving them the insight which he had heard from the wise men. And then he says, come, come back to me so that I can also worship the king. Okay, of course, he didn't want to worship Jesus. He wanted to kill him. And he tried to do it. He, of course, he couldn't manage. Okay? But when they went on their way, you know, they didn't have a GPS like we have it today, but they had the GPS in the star. Okay? The star guided them on their way. Okay? And as they were walking, following the star, the Bible tells us they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Wow. That was GPS long before there were any electronic gadgets that we call GPS today. Isn't that powerful? Okay. Because God knew the place where they had to go, and he knew the place where they were, and the, the interesting thing is, you know, they were misguided thinking the king will tell us where to go. But then as they came out from the king's palace, they saw the star again, the very star that guided them all the way from the east and guided them right up to the place where Jesus was in Bethlehem. That's what the light of God can and will do for you and for me. Okay, that's why this word of God is so important. Okay, that is the light of God. How exactly God will do it in your particular case and in my particular case may differ. But he is going to guide us. He's going to show us the way. He's going to give us the insights. So they came safely to the place which they had envisioned when God first called them far away in the east, wherever that was because they had now reached their destiny. And then there's something amazing that is happening here. On coming to the house, that is Matthew 2.11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with Mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Okay, they didn't worship Mary. They bowed down and worshiped Christ. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. 
Now, this is a powerful, a powerful verse which we should all take home with us today and think about it, meditate about it. Okay, these people, they didn't have the revelations that the people of Israel had. Maybe they didn't know much about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Maybe they didn't know much about the, the prophets that had talked about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe they didn't know much about uh, the whole surrounding of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what they knew is what God had showed them. Okay, God showed them the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, is coming into this world. There were things happening that didn't leave the world the way it had been up to then. Because that was of cosmic importance, what was happening on that day or at that season in Bethlehem. And they came and they worshipped the king. So they understood who Jesus was. Okay? They didn't worship a human being. They worshipped the king of kings, the lord of lords. And, you know, when they worshipped the king of kings and the lord of lords, they didn't just worship, worship him with his mouth. You know, many of us, we think, I go to worship, you go to church, you, you sing songs, and you, you pray, and you listen to the word of God, and you go home. And you say, I worship the Lord. No, these people were not short-sighted, like we are today. You know, many of us, we think we can worship the Lord only with our tongue. No, actually... If you worship the Lord with your tongue only, then your worship is useless. Hello? Amen. You know, there's a lot of praise and worship, as we call it. People are singing wonderful songs. But actually, there is no second step. Okay? And, and, and nice music is nice, maybe uplifting your heart, but actually it's not really changing the world. Do you know that these kings... Or these wise men, however you call them, they were very instrumental in financing the next few years of the life of Christ. You see, Joseph and Mary were poor people. They had not much uh, in this world to depend on. They came to Bethlehem at, the, at a time when it was very inconvenient to them. In fact, Mary was supposed to give birth, and it was the best place, of course, to stay in their home in Nazareth. But then, you know, far in, 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 in Rome, the emperor made a law that everybody has to go to their father's house. And actually, the emperor was not acting on his own behalf. He was acting on the inspiration of God himself. Now, you may be surprised because this was not a good God-fearing man at all. But he had to do the bidding of, of God. And so they had to go back to Bethlehem. And they would not have gone to Bethlehem because, you know, they were, they were not prepared for that. They had not uh, put money together for them to take that journey. <clears throat> they didn't have a hotel booked for them because... That was coming all of a sudden. And so they came to Bethlehem, almost nothing in their pockets. And as you know, they were, they were giving, uh, they were not be able to get a, 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 a decent kind of uh, 
guest house or hotel. They had to go into a stable, and that's where Mary gave birth to Jesus our Lord. But later on, very soon, God knew that King Herod would rise up against Jesus and kill all the, the babies, and so he had to take care of his son, Jesus Christ, and told uh, Joseph to take his family to Egypt so that they would be safe from the hatred of King Herod. But then, if they didn't have any means to do the journey, how would they have gone? And so there came these people, these wise men from the East, not just giving nice words, okay? But they became a resource to the family of, 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 of Joseph. They became a resource to this young child. Okay, they brought gold, and we know gold has value. Okay? They brought, you know, this uh, incense, and they brought myrrh. All things that, cost, that are costly, that could finance the journey of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, some of us, we are failing in that God, in regard. Many of us, we come to worship, we, we sing nice songs, we say good things, we say good prayers, and, and then we think we have done our job. Okay? But God brought people because he gave them lights. He gave them a star to guide them all the way from the east. And they had prepared themselves well. They knew the importance of who this king was because God gave them a revelation. The light of God revealed the treasures of heaven to them. And Christ is the treasure of heaven, the ultimate treasure of heaven. And they brought resources to this family. That's amazing. You know, this is what very often we are missing today. The resources very often that we have, we send them to all kinds of other things, sometimes even to false preachers. But we are not giving it to the house where we are having our resource, the word of God from. And so I want to challenge you. Ask yourself, you know, when I come to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, I come, yes, because I have received the light of God. I have been able to see Christ as my Savior and Lord. But then what are you doing as a result of that? Let's learn from these wise men. These wise men which didn't know a lot of theology. They didn't know a lot of the scriptures of the word of God. But they were doing what God put on their hearts. They were bringing of their treasures. They're bringing of their resources. They brought gold, incense, and myrrh. Okay, amazing. And that's what kept Joseph going on the journey to Egypt. And as long as they had to live there, you know, he, he, he couldn't find uh, jobs on the labor market in Egypt very easily. I don't know what exactly he was doing, but he was able to be taking care of his family because he was resourced through people who were not only worshiping with their tongues, but were worshiping with their hands and were bringing of the resources of God. Indeed, we've got something to learn from that. Then verse 12 tells us, and having been warned in a dream 
Not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Very interesting. So the God who had called them also is the God who told them how to go back. Not to go back via the king in Jerusalem, you know, and tell Herod where the newborn king was. Very interestingly, you know, there were people in Jerusalem, the people that Herod consulted, they knew that the newborn king will be born in Bethlehem. The Messiah will come into this world through the very conduit of the city of Bethlehem. These kings or these this wise men, they went there, but none of them accompanied him and said, oh, since you have come that far, let me also go with you. I want to see the king as well. None of them did. Isn't that sad? The people who had the Bible, the people who had the prophets, the people who knew everything about uh, the revelation that God had given to the people of God through the, the prophet Isaiah and many others, they knew, but they didn't go. And let us not be such people who know but don't take action. Let us be people like these wise men from the East. No wonder they are called wise men because they were really truly wise. Now, Isaiah lived 700, roughly about 700 years before Christ came. And he was the one prophesying about the adoption of the Gentiles. Now, for the people of Israel, they believed that it was only them, okay? Because uh, they heard the promise of, 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 of Abraham, uh, God giving to Abraham that through you, you know, and, and they, they were only seeing one part. Uh, God said to to Abraham that through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But they forgot the second part. They only saw that they were the chosen ones. Okay? Sometimes we make the same mistakes. We think God is just for us. No, God is not just for you. God is for everyone. Okay? Peace on earth on the people on whom God's favor rests. Okay? This is a good news for all people. Amen? And so we should not be mistaken that this is just something that we can be singling out for our own benefit, for our own good. So in Isaiah, I read this before, but let me read it again. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And we'll tell you, the light has come. The light is shining. Jesus is the light of the world. He's shining, and even right now, he's, he wants to give us enlightenment and understanding. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the, the, the people. But the Lord, and praise the Lord, that is true. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. That's a promise. That's a promise upon the people of Israel. But it's a promise on you and me too. Okay? And then there comes this powerful word. The Gentiles shall come to your lights and kings to the brightness of your rising. The Gentiles. Okay? In the Bible, there is a division of two, two groups of people. The one are the Gentiles, okay, which is including all the nations of the earth except the people of Israel. And the other ones are the people of Israel. Okay? Now, you may wonder why is that? Okay? Because the uh, the, the people of Israel were rather small compared to the nations of the world. 
But you know, it comes from a wrong thinking. People uh, had the idea that we are the chosen ones. And the Lord tells us, no, there is no such a thing like a chosen ones. No, in fact, the very call to Abraham was that he would be able to bring the Gentiles to God. He would be able to bear the fruits, and eventually, yes, the fruit of Christ came into this world, and he was drawing all men to himself, including the Gentiles as well. Isn't that powerful? So that happened 700 years prior. In fact, if you can, if you can even go back as even to the Garden of Eden when God promised the one who would crush the head of the serpents. Amazing, okay? So God always knew what he was doing because he planned everything even before the foundation of the world. While many in Israel were closing their doors to Christ, they rejected Christ. They didn't receive him. You know, they, they would rather choose darkness over the light. And let us not do the same. Let us not be like the people that Jesus found in his, own, in his own nation, in the nation of Israel, amongst his own people from the same tribe where he was born from. They closed the door to Jesus. But then, you know, Jesus preached the good news, and the good news was spreading like wildfire, while many of the Jews rejected Jesus as the Messiah, as the King of Kings, as the Lord, amongst the Gentiles, people received him. And, you know, we can see in the book of Acts, the gospel was spreading through the whole, throughout the whole Roman empires. And everywhere, churches were started and people began to worship the living God. And it became a powerful move of God that nobody could be able to kill, that nobody could even be able to uh, withstand. And even the, the, the emperors of Rome eventually had to bow to the power of the gospel and accept the gospel to be superior to their rules and to their gods that they were worshiping uh, all these years before. And many of the emperors, they thought they were the gods themselves and they were wanted to be worshiped by the people. But they came to the point when they realized that the power of Christ is far superior than the power of any human being. And so the gospel spread throughout the world, okay? And it has not stopped even up to today. You know, uh, imagine at that time, the Roman Empire, yes, it was big because they didn't have the transport that we have today. It took time for them to go from one place to another, but they were able to spread throughout the Roman Empire, okay? Without cars, without aeroplanes, without, uh, you know, buses or anything like that, no trains, but they were managing to penetrate the whole Roman Empire. And from there, it went throughout the world, okay? Wherever you go, you find the gospel being preached. Jesus gave a commission to his disciples just before he left. And he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's exactly what happened. 
they were penetrating the world with the gospel according to the command in Matthew chapter 28. So today, people of every tongue, every nation are before God's throne to worship him. In fact, when you read uh, in the book of Revelation that there will be people of every tongue, of every nation, of every tribe that are worshiping the living God. Yes, we know others are not, but they are there, you know. There is a representation of every tongue in front of the throne of God. Isn't that powerful? And God gives us revelation through his light. You know, God uncovers these things to us, and we know where we are going because God gives us light. Amen? He uncovers the treasures of heaven through his word, through his light, and the light of God is powerful. So whoever allows the light of God to shine in their lives will be guided by that light. And you know, you can see this very clearly by the uh, disciples who went into so many different directions in order to carry the word of God. Some of them went to the east, like India. You know, Thomas is, is, is one of the disciples whom we usually know as the doubting Thomas, but he went to India. And up to today, there are there are traces of Thomas' work in India. That's amazing, isn't it? And there are many other of the disciples who went to different places. Now, God chose that he would cover the work of Paul more than the others, but it doesn't mean the others were doing nothing. No, they were all busy at work in what they were doing. So the Gentiles, guided by the light of God, came to the Lord and are still coming to the Lord today. So God reveals the secret of the design of the God's family, of God's family, okay? The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful lights. So, you know, God's light tells us what is ahead of us. We are not just going to sit in heaven not knowing what to do. No, we are the family of God. We are being united with our heavenly Father. We are united as a family, and great and wonderful things are awaiting all of us. So we must know that God has given us his word to give us insight, to give us understanding. God planned before the foundation of the world, but he reveals to us to, through his word what he's going to do. He doesn't leave us in the darkness about his plans, but he talks about it. And you know, his light is shining, but we need to search for that light. Okay? If you go into scripture, you will be shocked how many times the light is flashing into your face. But if you're not reading it, you will not see the light. Okay? You must walk in the light. Okay, only then you will see the light. Okay? John chapter 12, 36, Jesus tells us, put your trust in the light while you have it, so that you may become sons of the light. Okay, and that's our calling, that we become sons of the light, that we will become brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God, that we are joining the firstborn Christ Jesus our Lord and being united before 
and with our Father for all eternity to come. Many things are yet to unfold, but remember, we only know about this because God has given us light. God has given us his words. Psalms 139 verse 11 tells us, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So sometimes you think, you know, there's darkness around you. Sometimes you fail to understand what is going on. But you see, even the things that are looking like darkness to us, they are light to God. And God can just send a ray of light into your situation and you will be able to see the plans of God for your life. Okay? When you understand who you are in Christ, your calling in God, then your life changes. You will be a different kind of person. You know, these people who were in the East, wise men from the East, you know, when they saw the light of God, they could no longer sit, they could no longer just uh, talk about who this king might be. No, they had to prepare themselves, get their treasures together, and they go, went on a journey. And this is the, the challenge that God has for all of us. Are you on a journey, walking in the light? Because only when you walk in the light will you see the light. Will you never be in darkness anymore? So beware. There are many false revelations in the world. Things that God never said. Which are just designed to make people excited and, uh, you know, do one thing or the other. That's not what we are talking about. We're talking about the light of Christ. That leads towards our destiny. Not leads us astray. Okay? We have seen that happening and we see it happening around our world all over. You know, that people are rising up and say, come follow me. I'm the Christ. I'm this. I'm the, I'm the prophet of God and what have you. And they lead people astray. And soon they die and they leave everybody wondering what is happening. But not Jesus. Jesus is guiding us on the path of righteousness. On the path of justice because these are the pillars of his rulership, the pillars of his throne. So we are challenged to seek the light so that we find the treasures of heaven. There are so many things that we can still discover, or let me say that we must discover from scripture. We cannot afford to just follow slogans that are empty, but we must go in scripture, follow the word of God, and we will be able to see the light of God. Just like the shepherds were able to see the light, followed the revelation of the angels, and they saw the king, the newborn king, in the manger in Bethlehem. Just like those kings who were from the east. And when they saw the light, when God spoke to them, they started off. They didn't even have a Bible like we have. But God gave them that star they could follow. And they did. 
until they were able to come to the destiny, finding Christ, whom they worshipped and whom they were resourcing with the, the gifts and the resources that God had given to them. That's amazing. Today we must understand that God has revealed to us that we are the chosen people, that we are the nation of God, that we are a holy, a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood, that we are the family of God. And we should not just sit indifferently and say, oh yeah, that's nice. No, actually we should get on our feet and move. And not only get on our feet and move and put our, our mouth into process and say, thank God, you know, and worship, sing good songs to him, but we should also fill our pockets and bring them to the Lord. Do you know that God needs your resources? Everything that we do here in this place, we could not do it without resources. And sometimes it's a shame that the people who are supposed to resource us are holding back. You know, God has given you so much and you think you can just consume it all yourself. Actually, the reason why God has given you the blessings are that you are resourcing the kingdom of God. Amen? Let us learn from those wise men. They were truly wise. And let us become wise as well. Let us be wise and give to the Lord. Because what you invest in the kingdom of God will never be lost. What you invest into the stock exchanges of this world can be gone overnight. You have heard about this FTX cryptocurrency exchange which lost billions overnight, over one weekend. And people are crying all over the world who have been investing people, thinking they would become rich through that. And yet they lost everything. That will not happen to you when you are investing in the kingdom of God. Amen? The light of God brings us revelation. Reveals to us the treasures of heaven. And the treasure of heaven is Christ and everything that he has planned to do through us and in us. And he will never fail to complete what he started. Let us pray. Lord our God, we're so grateful that your light is still shining, that your word is still being preached, that Lord you are doing marvelous and wonderful things in each and every one of our lives. Lord, I pray let us not just be hearers of the word, but let us become doers of the word. Let us be doers of the word every single day, Lord. Let us not just uh, enjoy the light, but not walk in the light. Thank you, Lord Jesus, how you showed us how these shepherds got up from wherever they were, and they went to Bethlehem finding the Christ, the Savior who had come for all of us. Thank you, Lord, for these wise men who give us such a powerful testimony about how to follow the light. And not only about how to follow the light and how to worship with our mouths, but also how to worship 
in a very practical terms, with the very resources, the very abilities that you have given to us. Lord, let us emulate those kind of people. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.